Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, we got a, a something special for all y'all. Yeah. And a little clip from uh, Dan and Mark's new podcast. The How-To Heretic. Yeah, we're just going to play a little bit from the show just to give you a little, yeah. just to wet your whistle. Yeah. Let, let you guys see what it's all about. Um, and that'll, that'll be up on the second half of the show. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But coming up now, <laughs> tell us a story, frankly. Yeah, well, I've got a, a local story that I wanted to uh, cover. Yeah. Uh, it actually kind of did hit some uh, national news uh, as the story has uh, proceeded oh. and developed. Uh, we have a uh, movie theater in town by the name of Brewies. It's one of those that you can like go and drink beer yeah, you, a movie yeah you can you can drink a beer and, and, and get some food. It's it's lovely. And, uh, yeah, it's and a it's, wonderful way to watch a film. It, it it's delightful, and it's the right. only place in town. The uh, yeah, that you can do that for the time being. Apparently, oh, I've heard of plans at one of the Ooh, others to do the same. Fun. <laughs> uh, but those other theaters were actually waiting to see how this court case settled down. Indeed, uh, because Bruvies was. Uh, fined by the state of Utah for uh, violating some sort of public decency uh, laws uh, for showing these these really racy R-rated movies like Deadpool <laughs> and uh, The Hangover Part 2. Those were the ones that really got them into trouble uh, because they serve alcohol in the same setting. This yeah. is in violation of some Here's what's shocking law. about this. These are state laws that were set up to fuck with strip clubs. Like these are right, yeah. these laws are about like, and and of course they make no sense. There's no sense at all to these laws. But they're like, but like, yeah, a strip club that shows actual boobies, right? You can't have drinks there, right? If they if they have like pasties, pasties yeah. then you can have drinks, right? But if you want to see the nip, you got you can't you can't you have gotta a sip. do it sober. Uh, you did it. You did it. You got you got the rhyme there. Uh yeah. So anyway, uh, Bruvies won. Uh, they uh, they they the whole thing went through. They sued uh, the state and with uh, by the way a little bit of financial support. Ryan Reynolds, the star of Deadpool, found yeah. out about this court case and sent them. Some... It was a check for five thousand dollars, according to this yeah uh, <laughs> article, which That's... is is pretty amazing. Uh, they, anyway, the most recent development on this, because it's now at the moment settled, mm. right? You can show R rated movies, even if they show boobies, even if they whatever. show boobies, because the, the sense of like what is indecent, it has already been established nationwide. Oh, right. That was kind of decency, the, right? Like, like if, if this is a film that is commonly seen in movie theaters throughout the country, not right. just specialized sexual-oriented theaters, right. but just like theaters, right? mass consumption. Somewhere where you can see also see the minions next right. door. You can't say that this is somehow specifically some kind of sexual uh, industry, sexual right. showing. Like, this is not some indecent thing. This is commonly consumed right yeah. and i i remember reading something like that in the the article when they came out with the decision anywho they sued they won now they're suing the state for uh their attorney fees 
Oh, they're going to make the state of Utah yeah. pay the over half million dollars that yeah. it took to win this court case. Absolutely. And you know, it's so. What's so stupid about this? So, like the other, the other uh, non-strip club organizations that run afoul of this yeah. are, of course, theaters. Yeah. Local, like, act, like you know, um, oh, not, like acting, not movies, the movie theaters, but playhouses, right? Where. Yeah, every now and then nudity is required in a play and, right. and and is appropriate in a play. And don't sell booze. You're, they they have to like be terrified of like selling booze well, or a, even having booze in hand. Like even if they give it away. Right. They they have to be they they have to be afraid that they're that the state's going to come down on them. A very good example of that specifically was when the Book of Mormon was most recently in town. Right. And the Eccles Theater refused to sell alcohol to be taken into the theater, which is something that they normally do. Right. Yeah, this is a this was a a largely state funded theater the, right. the and and it's it was built specifically to have the sort of the Broadway touring companies exactly. come through. Yeah. And because and the Book of Mormon sold well in Salt Lake City. Surprising. Kids. Don't don't that, don't kid what, yourself. That, <laughs> <laughs> the counterculture did appreciate this this play. Absolutely. Um yeah. but yeah, they had they had this they have a scene, nobody's naked on stage, but they've got a scene where uh a bunch of the play, actors have big like enormous three foot long fake phalluses mm -hmm. coming out of their 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 genital area right and that was enough that was enough to make it so that they would not sell let you take booze into the theater it was enough to make the theater management nervous yeah and and that was sort of that was the climate and that was before this decision really was settled now Eccles will probably be just fine with you know whatever because again those are touring shows made for national consumption yeah um and not generally considered obscene right i mean i'd consider it purposefully obscene <laughs> i would they were going for obscene is what they were trying to do but not not in violation of, of obscenity laws right right like yeah. how can it po that possibly go run afoul of when uh, anyway yeah um, people are bringing we, their we families to it blah, that blah, blah. too much uh but this is a wonderful Wonderful uh, thing, I think, that they're doing to recoup these fees because this is the kind of thing that will hopefully really make the state think twice yeah. about enforcing, over enforcing some of these rules that they have on the books, whether they're stupid about pasties or not. Yeah. Did you did you see the Book of Mormon when it was in town? No, I did. Yeah. I, now I've seen it twice. I okay. I had seen it once before. Thought it was really funny. Saw it again. And here's what I realized. Yeah. I I think Mormonism is totally fair game for making fun of. And I think that they, they make fun of the Mormons sort of brilliantly. Right. And I think it's delightful. Right. I think it's racist. Oh. I think their handling of the of the African stuff <laughs> is, is a little is much. Real, is genuinely like not funny racist, but racist racist. Wow. I can't watch it again. I won't. I, even, for all of the joy that I got from it. Right. I can't do it anymore. It was it was like I was like, wait. They're treating this African village like it. Yeah, it was yeah. racist. It was, it was. I was like, nope, that's that's not okay. Well, there you go. There you have it. From the mouth of Dan Beecher. That's right. Uh, shame on everyone. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going to move along. The Supreme Court of these United States has declined 
to take up a, a case uh, <gasps> that oh. came out of Bloomfield, New Mexico. Bloomfield? Yes, Beautiful indeed. Bloomfield. <laughs> well, uh, so this was a case involving um, a Ten Commandments monument on their uh, their city hall outside on the lawn outside of city hall in Bloomfield. Uh, now, this one was one that was getting a little scary to me because one of the things that was happening with this case is that if it had made it to the Supreme Court, the current makeup of the Supreme Court looks like it's geared in such a way that it they could have ruled that it's okay mm. and then we would have no no those of us for... who have objections to you know the state essential or you know the gover- governments essentially sponsoring a, a uh a religious affiliation right we would have zero recourse to uh, go after them at least in this pr- particular climate Right, right, because the only other recourse would be passing, uh, what, a yeah laws that which, are different. Which don't need to are... be passed because we have the Establishment Clause of right. the U.S. Constitution. You know, the right. First Amendment is very, is, seems pretty clear on it, and there have been lots of rulings. Now, what's nice about this is that the Supreme Court chose not to take it up, which means that lower court rulings stand, mm-hmm. and the lower court rulings say... No, this is this does run afoul right. of the uh, of, of the First Amendment. So they weren't interested in getting involved in that issue. But what does that do when you when you allow a lower court stand, uh, ruling to stand? Right, and it does this, set a precedent. So that so are they basically saying we're fine with that ruling? This is now national, or they're is saying it we're, just that they're district saying, court and their district of the United States is the one that's affected? No, yeah. So what they're saying is that we're that ruling is uh, we're fine with that ruling, so it stands, and then it can be used as precedent in other court cases nationally. Okay. But okay. that doesn't mean that it's necessary. It doesn't apply nationally necessarily. It's not something that everybody suddenly will be right. taking down there. Only the Supreme Court has that authority, right? I guess so. Yeah. Um, but it is nice that this was you know that this happened this way. Um, people have been watching this one pretty carefully. Um, there have been previous rulings, of course, even in the Supreme Court, that a passive monument uh, like the Ten Commandments uh, um, is not okay on its own. But there's also been this sense that uh, if you put it in context of a bunch of other secular things, or like, like, in a, like yeah, if you, you set allow, up like a free speech zone, yeah, or whatever, then, then you can get away with it. And this particular one, they set it up as its own thing. And then started to set dress it with some other stuff down the road when they started to realize they were getting into trouble. And that's what they were like, nope. Yeah. So, but could a city say, you know what, we want this set of, this little bit of land as a free speech monument zone. Anybody who comes forward can erect whatever they want. Yeah. Could a city do that if they start off with it as... Yeah, abs- absolutely. That, that which is where Lucian Greaves and the Satanic Temple come in because, well, right. like, because that's I mean that's his whole game is yes their workaround is we call this a free speech zone right and he says okay well let's test that theory how right. free speechy are you willing to go right 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 um, so for now uh, that that happened great I think we can I think we can expect. It, if I were to predict, I would expect to see some very uncomfortable rulings in the future, yeah. though. I was thinking about this in general, uh, because I saw this this article earlier today. 
Um, and I was thinking about just the idea of monuments on public land in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't know, I don't know where the line should be drawn, but there does seem to be sort of an, an inherent problem with like, even like naming public buildings after a specific, you know, figure Mm. there's, there's like, we shouldn't be trying to make too many statements, be they political or religious with our, our civic buildings. I feel I think that we should be, you know, and I don't know how you govern that. It's clearly not a re- freedom of religion issue, but it's like, I think we need to adopt a different approach where it's like, no, these buildings are for everyone. And naming this building after, you know, a potential racist right. may not be a great thing. Or even just, I, I'm with you, actually. I, yeah. I think that that's a, a great way of looking at it. Because even if it's just like, you know, there was a beloved pol- a politician. Yeah. That, there were still a bunch of people who disagreed with him. Exactly. And they're not being honored. You know, they, they had a valid point, too. They had right. a valid perspective. Right. You know, and so, just because so that if person you're... was in office for X number of years and got X, Y, and Z done. Right. What about the A, B, and C that was shitty and that made all these people over here kind of hate and resent and loathe that person? And it's not like those people you don't know. need to be, shouldn't be honored, but right. maybe not but, on public buildings. Maybe not on buildings that are owned by everyone. Again, I don't even know where the line is on this. Yeah. I don't know what I'm willing to say right now. But I just started thinking about it and just like these these buildings and these spaces really need to be, depending on what the building is, but definitely like courthouses. Yeah. Why are we naming courthouses after people? Yeah, we shouldn't. You know, um, the, these these places need to be very free of... of um, any any potential attachment to ideology yeah. beyond our legal system yeah. and our civic system like we we should not be like there's so much potential for making people feel excluded or other as they're walking in to interface with their local government state government or federal government i feel like that's a fair point i don't know but i don't again i'm more raising the question than anything yeah it's a valid question i think interesting hmm. all right yeah Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, here's somebody that I don't have any questions about. Kim Davis. Let's name something after Kim Davis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can think of some things we could name after Kim Davis. Kim, if, remind, yeah, if remind guys, us. If get, yeah. If you guys don't is. remember who Kim Davis is, uh, she's uh, she became famous. She was foisted into the uh, national spotlight uh, after um, refusing to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Uh, while she was serving as a county clerk in Kentucky, um, <laughs> she served five days in jail while uh, refusing uh, to follow a judge's order back in 2015. And was what? And was released to Mike Huckabee and Eye of the Tiger, if I'm not re- yeah, if I'm and, not mistaken. And she, yeah, and like you could see the expression on Mike Huckabee's face, <laughs> dingbat as he is immediately recognizing that he was somehow mixed up in something that he shouldn't have been. <laughs> uh, anyway, she uh, she has not stopped fighting against gay marriage, Dan. Oh, thank not God. Not at all. Thank uh, God. In fact, she is being uh, imported to Romania. <laughs> oh. 
I wish she was had deported she's... to Romania. <laughs> no, Romania is uh, bringing her in to do some public appearances in support of their anti-gay marriage laws that are uh, currently being decided uh, as we speak. Oh, and, my God. Uh, so she's, yeah, internationally famous and renowned Kim Davis <laughs> now speaking out internationally. Oh, my God. Uh, to uh, To try to ban gay marriage where it can still be banned yeah and apparently romania it's still possible i had to look up romania's stance on all things lgbt yeah i had no idea are they no clue what they're pretty they anti stood. yeah i wouldn't how would i know what romania is like they were recognized as uh, a country not too long ago that was uh making improvements okay on sort of their gay rights standing uh, apparently it's, it's, it's not out and out illegal to be gay in Romania. Right. However, they do have already some laws on the books that make it so that you can't get married to a, a gay partner. Oh. And, um, if you two are gay, I suppose a straight person could marry a gay partner. Oh. If the genders align appropriately. Sure. Uh, but was Romania part of the USSR? I believe it was in the block. Yeah, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know. know. All that Eastern Europe stuff is uh, <laughs> is tricky. Yeah, it is a little tricky. But nonetheless, they um, it's not the worst place in the world to be gay. But you're not going to get married there. They're not. But now they're trying to make it even more defined. You know. Yeah. No. <laughs> no gay marriage. Kim, Kim, come get, over here, Kim. Yeah. yeah. Kim, well, you know what nice we is, need? What's nice is that, like, yeah, she was not the brightest bulb in the, on the tree, that no. Kim Davis. She was not no. the uh, the sharpest tool, tool in the shed. So, like, she what's, wasn't the, what's uh, great is that she got famous, but she was adult. Right. So, you know, if someone's going to be working with people against homosexual equality i want it to be an idiot <laughs> you know what i mean like well, yeah that's a good point <laughs> it's like yeah we'll export all of our really stupid people to help you in that fight you can have them all right i'm going to talk about the boy scouts of america i i feel like the bsa has become a litmus test for american standards lately okay do tell uh because as goes American feeling, like sort of as America sort of progresses through uh, their feelings about homosexuality, their feelings about trans people, all of this sort of thing, uh-huh. uh, the BSA sort of, they're not in the vanguard. They're not on the, on the forefront of any of these issues. But when they make that switch is about the moment when America is kind of just like letting go of their... A, mm. you know of their absolute hatred or their or their their firmly held negative beliefs or whatever so basically as goes the bsa so has already gone the rest of america something like that something like that B- america just sort of the bsa is like the plow being pulled behind the, <laughs> the oxen of america uh and here's the latest <laughs> From the BSA. Uh-huh. Um, girls. 
Girls. Are, what about girls? They are now going to allow girls into the Boys, Boy Scouts of America. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, it doesn't make much sense to keep it called the Boy Scouts of America yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably see that name change at some Scouts point. Scouts of America? Yeah, something like that. Child Scouts of America? <laughs> Kids Scouts of America. <laughs> no, so like... <laughs> On the uh, <laughs> gender neutral Scouts of America, that will never be the name of this pl- of this organization. <laughs> um, they are going to allow girls in, starting with uh, what are called Cub Scouts. That's the the the, the younger. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, the section. Cubbies. Cubs are, Cub Scouts are so much fun. Um, so there will be girls in the Cub Scouts, and then later, uh, as they as this crowd of Girl Scouts progresses, they'll be allowed to go into Boy Scouts and eventually earn an Eagle oh, Scout. That is the plan. Yeah. That is the stated plan. Yes. That we're going to establish a cohort of kids. We're not going to disrupt the Boy Scouts not, immediately. Right. Because it could be disruptive. But Correct. This, this, this group of Cubbies, they will all they be will... used to the girls. Yep. They will come... be oh. socially adapted to the girls there is some incorrect in what you just said wait what do you mean they are there will gonna be not, girl dens they will not be together <gasps> there'll be girl dens girl dens and boy dens and then and then girl scout troops and girl boy scout troops and boy boy scout troops when they no! when they become boy scouts no yeah it's not fully integrated separate but equal apparently uh the girls <laughs> the girls <laughs> will be able to work yeah that's a that's always a good thing they're so gonna go on the worst hikes again they're not being they're being dragged kicking and screaming into these decisions and so yes they were <laughs> i'll re- i'll remind our listeners uh who have who have paid attention throughout this saga that they eventually allowed gay boys in Mm-hmm. Uh, openly gay scouts that was in 2013 right then openly gay scout leaders in 2015 that was a huge deal yeah then trans boys mm-hmm. in 2017 right and now girls so like they're doing really great there is still one group can you name it in the united states of america that is still not allowed in the boy scouts lesbians us Atheists. Atheists. So they're just going to, girls are in, little lesbian girls can come in too. Yeah. Just right away. Yeah, I think so. They're not going to get I think they're. I that. think they're grandfathered in, they're gay Based grandfathered in. Based on the gay in. decision. Right. That wasn't just boy specific. Right. That would be weird. That would have been a weird choice. Atheists. So the one group that is still absolutely not allowed into the Boy Scouts of America is you open atheists. You have to profess a belief in God. Yep. Still. Yep. So, oh, come on, guys. Look for it, kids. When the Boy Scouts of America allow open atheism, it's and, be- and, it, and that will be a big deal. They'll have to change, like, the scout oath. They'll have to change some big things. Yeah, they, they weren't ready for that. Too um, much rewriting of stuff. Right. But when they do, uh, that will be... That, I, I'm saying that's the canary in the coal mine. That is the, uh, the great indicator of, um, of acceptance... Of atheism in the in these United States of America. <laughs> well, I'm going to go to another indicator of the okay. acceptance of, of atheism in America. Sure. Uh, uh, there's been a recent Pew uh, Center study that's been released. Okay. This one uh, is about what where Americans are and sort of their sense of like your need for God to be moral. 
Okay. Right? So the, 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 the necessity of God in, in this equation of, of morality. Right. Can a person be good without God? Is the question Indeed, we're that is that's the question, right? Okay. And historically, Americans have always said, absolutely, you need God to be good. Oh, you must have God. You to be must good. have good God to be good, right? And now, the most recent study that has come out, fifty-six percent of Americans. This is up from forty-nine percent in two thousand eleven. Say that it is not necessary to believe in God to be moral and have good values. Oh, and uh, so just in the in the, these these six years that have passed, that number has gone up seven percent. Okay, or that number has gone up by seven. But we've but we've hit majority majority Americans. Will yeah, not, and now decided say, majority instead of this sort of forty nine percent kind of half and half thing. Right, fifty six percent. That's we're the, we're there. Okay, we, we there, there, there's been a bit of an arrival. And now the, some people are saying, well, there has been this, uh, in the same period of time, uh, an increase in sort of these religious nuns, mm-hmm. right? These, these people who identify, you know, possibly as atheist or agnostic or, or quote just, unquote, nothing in particular. Right. Right. Uh, so obviously this group of people is going to be saying, well, yeah, you can, you can be good without God. Yeah, but However, also, we are seeing an increase amongst religious folk, Protestants yeah. and Catholics, who have, uh, let's see, 41% of Protestants, that's up from 37%, now say that uh, you can be good without God, and 49% of Catholics, up from 47%. Huh. So, what is surprising, this article actually says, somewhat less surprising, but it's actually very surprising to me. Uh, because it, the, the number's not higher, eighty-five percent of religious nuns said that you could be good without God. Only eighty-five percent. So, like a whole bunch of people studies. who don't have a who don't have a religious be- professed religious belief. Exactly. They're saying you still need God. These are not <laughs> atheists or agnostics. Right. That's the thing that we have to understand about this nun category. Right. Atheists and agnostics are included in that category. Yes. But as are everyone who says I don't. You know, I'm spiritual, but not religious, or I don't belong to a particular sect, but I still believe in God or whatever. Yeah. uh, Okay. Well, nonetheless, this is on the up tick. It's good. Yeah. You know what? I I chalk it up to. What do you? I mean, I think that there has been, uh, you know, you and I have talked about it. I think that there has been a concerted effort for people who are non-believers to just be open about that fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, super important. It is super important. And I think that the more visible we are as a group mm-hmm. uh, and the more people see that we're just regular folk who like do nice things sometimes and, you know, give to charity and all that sort of thing. The more people see that, mm-hmm. uh, the more they're going to say, oh, yeah, I guess you can just be good and God doesn't have to play into it. Right. I know my in-laws finally would probably answer, yes, it's possible to be good without God. <laughs> possible. I don't know that they'd say it's likely, but they'd say it's possible. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it could happen. One interesting statistic that's included in this article. Yeah. So in two, uh, I'm sorry, in, in 1975, white Christians accounted for 81% of the U.S. population. Mm-hmm. How much of the population do you think they... Uh, they make up or they are now white christians white 
Christians. They were 81%? They were 81% in 1975. Uh, I'm going to say 70%. 43%. Oh! This is why we see a phenomenon like Donald Trump. Because they are fucking scared. Yeah, they, they see their numbers dwindling. They feel their numbers dwindling. And they are terrified. That's interesting. And so they keep getting louder. And it, and so it is, it's actually really interesting because they're louder and louder and louder. And so you think that, that they, they, they just have this presence. And yeah. they must be in the majority. Well, that's interesting so because fucking loud. that's back when there used to be this phrase, the silent majority. Yeah. And guess what? They're that same silent majority, which was which which that phrase was a reference to to yeah. white Christians, yeah, is quickly becoming a wildly vocal minority. Absolutely, isn't that interesting? It is very, very, very mm. interesting. Uh, Let's get rid of them all together. <laughs> well, we're working on it <laughs> now. There has been a slight uh, uptick uh, with uh, amongst non-Christian religious groups. So th- those groups are growing. It's not mm. to say that Christianity is just going the fuck away, right? As white Christians have disappeared. But they haven't been growing at a at a rate. It's a it's a modest rate. It's sure. just not the same uh, uh, increase to offset sort of the decrease of the white Christians, right? Uh, and of course, I don't know. Do I need to uh, bring up? I did bring up Donald Trump. He visited the uh, Values Voter Summit Summit. Yeah, this last week. Yeah, uh, which is terrifying. Not a good thing. Part That's, of part that of this is not a delightful organization. No, the Value no. Voter. Like, which just means Christians who hate gays. Right. This is uh, part of the death throes of the the white Christian majority in this country. Um, he, of course, pledged to take up the cause of saying Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, what what and, a very uh, important cause oh, for our so, president so, to concern so himself important. with. And here's his quote, folks. You ready for his quote? Religious liberty is enshrined. In the very first amendment of the Bill of Rights, and we all pledge allegiance to, very, very beautifully, one nation under God. This is America's heritage, a country that will never, that never forgets that we all, all, every one of us, are made by the same God in heaven. And they were just cheering and fucking oh, applauding, yeah. and they can't believe it because it, their little 43%, yeah. they've got President of the United States... Well, yeah. In their pocket. Well, and you say death throws. This is going to be a long and ugly death. Oh, yeah. This is not, don't, just because it's, uh, it may be dying doesn't mean that we're not going to have to fight them all the way down. Oh, yeah. The hill. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to move us along to Nairobi, Kenya. Really? Yes. Uh, Kenya recently had a presidential election. And that election was actually uh, invalidated by their Supreme Court because of irregularities, mm. they said. Um, what, the, the new election, uh, I'm not going to get much into it. I don't want to delve into the politics of Kenya, largely because I don't know anything about the politics of Kenya. But I will tell you this little nugget. Both of the major candidates, um, current sitting president Uhuru Kenyatta... Mm-hmm. And the challenge and Kenyatta's challenger Raila Odinga, ah. uh, both of them have been heavily leaning on 
biblical comparisons oh. for their for their campaign. So nice. uh, as much as we may, here's the thing. I you know I, this is coming from a guy who just said that he couldn't watch the Book of Mormon movie anymore because of the racist treatment of Africans. Right. I still have a pretty negative view of most of Africa. <laughs> like most of Africa, my in my view, pretty backwards thinking in terms of uh, social issues. Pretty pretty backwards in their politics. Right. Pretty backwards in their religious practices a lot of the time. Sure. Okay. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, these. What I, I did not know that Kenya itself, as a country, is like eighty percent Christian. Huh. And these guys are hitting it hard. So, what we've got here, we've got Kenyatta, uh, ba- who is being compared to David, okay. slayer of Goliath. Uh, they they're talking about him as uh, they they they're even pointing out things that uh, like he likes music and is left-handed, <laughs> as many believe uh, David from the Bible to have been. Wait, 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 wait. What what are people basing David's who sat down and figured that out? I don't know. Is there a, I don't know. Maimonides. I have no idea who came up with the left-handed thing. Uh but that but that's but that's the level to which the level of detail to which they are trying to make this comparison. Wow. Then you've got so you've got David on one side and Joshua on the other side. Joshua uh our biblical scholar listeners out there will remember was Moses's. Uh, what do you end up being? His, his, his brother-in-law right. or something? I don't know. Any his brother? Well, he was his spokesperson, right? Yeah, he was his spokesman. Yeah, maybe they're not related at all. I mean, anyway, but he was the one that took over after Moses went up to heaven uh, and led the Israelites <laughs> to the promised land. Oh, I think Moses just had him walking around for forty years, didn't he? He was bad. They were just out in the the wilderness for forty years. He was, just couldn't read a compass. Yeah, he, terrible. He uh, he had his GPS set to where they didn't they didn't, they didn't get on the freeway. Well, he was using and, uh, he was using MapQuest instead of uh, Google Maps. <laughs> so they just kept like wandering around on the surface streets. Yeah, it was <laughs> without ever getting on the freeway to get to. He didn't do any of the land. updates or anything. No. He didn't know yeah, what he was just, doing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, the that's. There you go. You got uh, Joshua lead, trying to lead Kenya to the promised land and David trying to slay whatever Goliath Kenya is up against. I'm not sure <laughs> which. Uh, they're eating it up, though. Boy, these their uh, their constituents are really? just eating it up. Really? Now, uh, there are a few people who are like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing this, but a lot of them, there was one... Uh, there was one person, um, just just a woman on the street that was interviewed, Julia o- Oganda, who said, when they use these names of the Bible heroes, it brings peace to the people since religion is for peace. Is it? Clearly, she's paid wow. a lot of attention. <laughs> huh. Yeah. That's interesting. And then, she, is- and then apparently she started chanting, we are going to Canaan. We are going to Canaan. Oh, so she must be for Joshua. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Well, um, if you have anything that you'd like to add to this conversation, any biblical figures that you personally align with, yeah, please 
write into us podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com is the is the email address or you can call and leave us a voicemail the telephone number is 424-666-8442 yeah go to the facebook page facebook.com slash tgi atheist and while on facebook search for the tgi tgia members only lounge and request to join we'll let you in yeah Well, Franklin. Yes, Dan. Uh, you know that uh, that Pat Robertson sure does have a lot of good things to say in the world. Uh, well, I mean, not so much recently. It feels like. Yeah, he's been a little quieter. Yeah. I feel like everybody's been a little quieter since uh, Obama left office. They just don't have as much to say. The crazy is all the well, all the people who backed Trump. Uh, now they have now they need to shut up because. They can't say good things about him because he's clearly a madman. But oh, they can't they say keep, bad things keep. about him because they backed him. And They're they, still saying good things. Yeah, they love that man. They do. It's true. But this is just this is just uh, from uh, Patty Boy's uh, advice column section. <laughs> Ask Patty. Let's get a listen. Pat, this first one comes from Ethel, who says, When my son told me he was going to marry an atheist, it was a tough pill to swallow, but I managed to get through it. I raised my son to believe we as Christians should only marry inside the church, but I know he loves her so much that I can't bring myself to say anything about it. Should I respect his right to make his own choice? Well, Ethel, your son has grown up, but yeah. the, the Bible is very clear. What fellowship has Christ with Belial? The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And what has happened in, as Billy Graham said so cogently a few years ago, you marry an atheist and you've got the devil for your father-in-law. I mean, that's what's happening. And this son is going to be in torment because they will be fighting all the time about uh, very important things. And that assumes that he really cares about the Lord. If he doesn't, then of course they'll, they'll both be into atheism together. But uh, what can you do as a parent? Well, you can advise him, you can counsel him. But the Bible says, raise up a child in the way that he shall go, and when he's old, he won't depart. You, you haven't raised him very well if he's going into atheism right now. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That's a lot packed into that, that little... There, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> but that, this poor couple, there's always going to be fighting. They're always going to be fighting. You know, I, I actually know, you know, there are... There are very happy marriages out there that are that are uh, multi mixed be belief mixed belief marriages mixed uh, phil philosophy yeah uh it can be done um but man apparently ethel's in trouble i love that he ends with like oh by the way this is on you you done fucked up ethel <laughs> you fucked it up I hope you're happy with yourself because uh, you suck. Yeah. As a parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the state of his kids? Pat's kids. Yeah, right? Uh, I mean, I assume. They must all be perfect. He he would not be throwing rocks. Oh, never. his glass house. Oh, never. He would. Of course not. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the how much you want to bet he's got at least one gay kid that he pays just uh, to shut the just fuck to up. shut up. That he, I uh, know, I'd be taking that man for all it's worth. Yeah, 
All right, Dad. All right, until you're dead, I will be I will be quote unquote straight. I will not come out publicly, and you must give me millions of dollars. I'd settle for half a million a year. Okay, that's a pretty happy living. You can live a good life on five hundred thousand dollars a year. No reason to get greedy here, Dan. Oh, there's a good reason to get greedy. <laughs> There's definitely good reasons to get greedy. Uh, well, we had some uh, some people write in and call into us. Uh, I'm going to read a voicemail. This comes from... Or I'm going to read an email. You do the voicemail. You're going to read us a voicemail. Please no, I'm do. definitely not. I'm going to read us an email, though. This one's from Sarah. Hi, Frank and Dan. I stumbled across your show a, couple, a few weeks ago, and I've been working my way through the giant backlog of pap- past episodes. Good Lord. It is, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, good luck Almost to you. Almost six years. Uh, one thing that strikes me as I've been listening to you guys chat is how you rarely, if ever, make jokes at the expense of trans people uh, when the topic comes up. Living as a trans person can be very isolating, and in my personal experience, even if someone is fairly trans positive and doesn't consider me an abomination in the eyes of the living God, it's not uncommon for them to still consider the idea of changing changing one's gender expression uh, to be a bit of a strange joke. Hmm. I don't pretend to speak for all of my trans brothers and sisters out there, but for me, it would be hard to overstate how much the affirmation or mockery of the people around me can affect how I feel about myself. Hmm especially early on in the trans- transition process uh, before I've had a chance to really get settled. It's just so nice to hear from two people who seem to genuinely take the feelings of trans people at face value. And I just wanted to say that I very much appreciate it. Love the hmm. show. Keep up the good work. That's really nice. Yeah, Sarah. Uh, and and you know what? I would like our listeners to hold us to that and call yeah. us on it. If we ever do make a joke at the expense of trans people... like. I'll make a joke at the expense of a trans person if they're acting like an idiot, <laughs> but not because but not of, because they're trans. Not because of their trans. No, no. I think everybody's fair game in in terms of like, yeah, you know, if if if, well, if, yeah, if you're a dingbat, you're a dingbat. If Laverne Cox says something idiotic, I'm coming after you, Laverne. <laughs> but not because you're trans. Yeah, no way. It's not a problem. Be trans. That, that was really nice. What was the name of the Sarah? Sarah, thank you so much. That yeah. was. That's good to hear. Yeah, it actually. Is. That's it really is. nice. Uh, do you want to play the the voicemail? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, this is from a listener uh, who... Oh, he has he has something uh, to ask us about concerning like the Mormon baptisms for the dead stuff. Oh, sure. So, well, let's just go right to that. So I've been listening to your podcast for a long time, and one of my best friends from my uh, last job is also is a recovering Mormon. And uh, he linked me something the other day, or sent me a picture of uh, uh, Adolf Hitler being, the documents of Adolf Hitler being baptized to the Mormon church. Talked to him about it, I found it interesting, but my question is why do they try to baptize even some of the worst people in the world? And also, I'm going to be trying to do some research through the Reddit community of uh, if any of my uh, Jewish ancestors have been baptized as well. Anyways, love the work. Uh, Keep it up, guys. Thanks. Bye. Well, here's the fun part, kids. Hell yeah, Adolf, old 80, <laughs> has been baptized uh, for into the Mormon church. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's, here's the deal. For those unfamiliar with the practice, uh, the, Mor- the, the Mormon church uh, has a practice called baptisms for the dead. <laughs> uh, 
Um, they shouldn't be left out too. Just because they're dead. Just because they're dead they, doesn't mean that they don't need the Lord. Everyone. Uh, so so these uh, so this basically the concept here is that <laughs> everyone that has ever lived and that will ever live yes needs to have access to the gospel. Right. Needs to ha- needs to have been given the opportunity to accept Mormonism as the true and real faith well, and, uh, on of human beings and have access to all of the sacraments and the blessings so of 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 uh, the Mormon church indeed right? the, the most correct of all the churches and you can't the go only to... authorized church right yeah and and you can't go to the highest levels of heaven if you haven't accepted all of this right. stuff but god is fair and right. so he says you know what? I get it. Not everybody had a chance to be Mormon. Sure, there were there were some people who were born before Joseph Smith. Even it's hard to it's imagine. hard to imagine that, but it did <laughs> but happen. It, apparently, it happened, and so they get a chance too. So, uh, so, so the theory is that they are going to do this for every human that has ever lived and that will ever live. They're going to eventually get around to everything after Jesus. After Jesus comes, they've got a thousand years. The millennium is just clerical work. Yeah. It is just Mormons researching out everybody that's ever lived and making sure that somebody gets baptized in their name here on earth, because it's very important. There are no, there's no water in heaven. They can't do the baptism after you're dead. Apparently, it no. all like like we have to do it here on earth for and in the name of blank. So does that include the worst people that have ever lived? Vlad the Impaler, everyone. Genghis Khan, no, everyone. Joseph Stalin, Dan, everyone. Oh, okay, everyone so, must be baptized. And so when they did this, when they started doing this, you gotta know. There was a mad dash to get to get in there to do the famous people. <laughs> Joan of Arc, sure. Pope Pius II, oh, yeah. great. Yeah. They did all of these things. And there when when they discovered the Lucy, the skeleton from <laughs> Africa. <laughs> I don't know if they did her. But they so they probably tried to. Somebody did. <laughs> <laughs> I baptize you for and in the name of Lucy. Wait, is that her real name? We don't know. Damn it. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, and this is the one thing, like, I never went through the Mormon temple, but they'll let you into sort of like that room of the Mormon temple when you're 12 and older yeah. to go and do baptisms for the dead. So that's the thing that I did as a, as a youth. Yeah. Went in there, got baptized for, like, they had these records. By the time I was doing it, it's all on computer and they're keeping records yeah. and, and, and they had, you know, they, they go to some, some small village somewhere in Spain or I probably Honduras or some place because I got baptized for and in the name of like 22 guys named Juan. They did not have first names for the or last names for these guys. Oh, really? For and then the name of Juan Splash. I did baptize you for in the name of Juan Splash, and we just kept doing that. And God just knows which. God wh- knows which Juan. Uh, anyway, yes, ba- but before this was all computerized, mm-hmm. they would do. Like, people would come in and they'd have a list of people, you know, a list of maybe their own ancestors, but also Elvis or whatever. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, yes, all the famous people not only have been baptized for 
but probably many times. <laughs> and now, you know, now they they've changed their rules on it because, uh, yeah, a lot of people like a lot of the Jews who were killed in the Holocaust were baptized yeah. for, and the Jewish community was a little miffed about it. Did they have to like unbaptize? No, no, no. They no. left them baptized. Now, mind you, like the Mormon theology on this is that like that this baptism for the dead isn't doesn't mean that those people are now mormon in their minds it just means that now they've had this baptism done for them and they may choose to accept or not not accept this baptism as pleases them in the afterlife right right right. um so that's 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 why frankly i don't think anyone should be offended by this uh (sighs) it's such a stupid stupid concept they just they need to do it they need to do it more in secret Yes. They, they need they, they don't publish that you've you know or tell anyone that you're baptizing all these Jews. Just do Just it. Just do it. Well that they did that for a long time. <laughs> and make no mistake, it is every bit their intention to do all of these people eventually. Uh they're just postponing it now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the time will come. <laughs> they're going the millennium. To- yeah. Yeah. The, the, they're definitely intending to do it. It's just not now. It is problematic, just, though. Yes, it not is. every society on Earth has been the best record keeper. No, there are not <laughs> records for most of the people that have ever lived. I don't. May, there will be magic records. Don't worry. There will be some golden plates or something. There's some card catalog in heaven. Yes, with indeed. Everybody li- listed. Uh, we had one more email. Oh, good. Uh, dear Frankie and Danny. So, oh. Nice. Uh, this is in reply. Uh, This is a reply in general to you and the previous episode's emailer. Unfortunately, I'm afraid you hit the nail on the head. You said your friend lives in a very religious community and the atheist receiving and as an atheist receiving mental health treatment in the South, I can assure you the majority of mental health centers are religious. Typically, they would be labeled as blank family family therapy with an emphasis on the family or just blatantly say christian obviously i cannot say this is the the case for your friend but the answer to your fear that religion is deep in southern mental health is unfortunately correct Uh, these organizations almost never take public insurance options and will only take private as they do not typically conform to government standards of secularism Uh, These therapy centers are often ones you hear about in the news who try to shame and pray the gay away for individuals who seek help there. My God. Yeah. So uh, this is from Emily. Thank you, Emily. And Emily also uh, adds, and I can't reiterate this enough, that it's a great, that there's a great resource for people out there. It's seculartherapy.org. Hmm. Um, Yeah. uh, Which is uh, the Secular Therapist Project. Mm Mm-hmm. they will uh, match you up. If they can't find a therapist in your area to match you up with who is secular, there are therapists who will do online therapy mm. with you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Skype therapy with you. There are therapists who will do over-the-phone therapy. Like, there are resources for you. Mm. So yeah, you don't uh, have to feel alone. Yeah. You know. The, the, Daryl Ray, modern technology. Daryl Ray, who runs the thing, is has been on the show. He's a delightful character. Yeah. And, uh... And, uh yeah, so so get over there if you if you need the help. But get help. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to get help. Dan. Yes, sir. I'd like to tell you how you could become a supporter of the show. 
I would like to support this show. I believe in its mission, and I appreciate what it does. Then let me tell you. Please do. Uh, you, yes, you, Dan, Yeah. can go to thankgodimatheist.com yeah. and uh, click on the support tab. That'll take you to Patreon, where you can then select the level of uh, support that you'd like to support us at. Right. And there's also there's little things you can get that's sort of our way of thanking yeah, we have levels of reward for uh, depending. I mean, you you choose what level you want to support us at. Absolutely, uh, it's, yeah. it, that's up to you entirely. Uh, there are different uh, ways that we thank you for for your support mm-hmm. um, as you go up the tiers. Um, and uh, and so so yeah, we're uh, we're we are always so grateful for our donors uh, but yeah if you believe in in this show and and you think you want it to continue uh, a little bit of support is always much appreciated and as always dan it's time oh yes we must thank our our lord and savior our top donor angela angela lord and savior of the she T- reigns supreme the tgia universe we she pre- blesses us all Thank you so much With for her, your support. Her Angelinus. <laughs> <laughs> and we bless all of you in the name of Angela and of Frank and of Dan. Amen. Amen. Hey Dan. Yes, sir. So you've been up to no good. Uh yeah. Doing doing the devil's work oh, out there in the world. Heretican. Yeah. Yeah. And teaching others to do so as How well. How to heretic. Yeah, indeed. So Wait, uh, that sounds like something. It, it, that could be a title. <laughs> That's a great idea. So, uh, so yeah, Mark, uh, our sometime co-host, our, uh-huh. our, our, our fill-in host here on mm-hmm. our show, and I have, have launched our new show, The How to Heretic. Um, it's... It's kind of you know what it is is it's the uh our you know Frank this show and other shows like it can be sometimes a deep dive into uh, into atheism it can be oh, it yeah. can be you know if you haven't read your Hitchens and your Dawkins you may you may feel a little out of your depth <clears throat> cuz we get we go deep we go hard sure uh so the new show, uh, the How to Heretic, is just—it's a very lighthearted, fun jolt. Like we talk about a lot of, you know, we talk about um, just easy things. We we have a lot of fun, and it's about how to live your life and how to think and how to how how to uh, have a good time now that you're out of religion. Because oh, you were not taught a lot of these things no. when you were in your religion. You know, oh. those of us raised in religion, especially repressive religions like Mormonism, mm-hmm. it was not, we were not taught how to have uh, normal ways, uh, normal fun. <laughs> things like drinking. Yeah. That, you know, things like sex. We were not taught good, healthy ways of looking at these things. Oh, no, 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 no. So... That's what the new show's about. Uh, we wanted to play just a little clip of it, just to just to wet your whistle. Yeah. Okay. Just a little, a little, a little something. Uh, I and uh, this will just be one of the segments that we do on the show, and and maybe you'll like it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hear it. Take a listen. Well, Uncle Mark. Yes, Uncle Dan. I am going to exhume from the graveyard 
a god today. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to uh, to rehash one of those fallen gods of, of yesteryear. So who's, you know, there's so many to choose from, Dan. It's just thousands, literally thousands of gods have come and gone uh, in the imaginations of humanity. All across, all across the world. Yeah. In, in every culture and every flavor and... Of of people and place, right? Well, so so I, so I who's, decided who's today. Here's what I did. I thought, you know, we, we we just a few weeks ago we had that total solar eclipse. I went all the way up to Idaho to witness the totality. I panicked. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Yeah, I, mean, you, I think my image is just you running around in a circle, screeching. Yeah, until I was hoarse. <laughs> uh, so I originally thought, you know, I'll just do the uh, Egyptian sun god Ra. Mm. And I was reading about it, and let me tell you something, kids. Uh, you got to be an Egyptologist to get all... Like, I would have to re- read all the things, and eventually we'll get to that. We'll read all the things, and we'll be the experts yeah. on all of the gods. Uh, they're sort of go-to guys, but we're not that now. But here's what I found. I liked someone else more. Oh. Sekhmet is who we're talking about today. Sekhmet. Sekhmet is a is, is a uh, a goddess, a god of um, a lady god, a lady god. Um, I, I mean, such as she is, she's she's got a lioness head. Ooh. so that's kind of wow. Oof, meow, <laughs> meow. Uh, Sorry, she's dead. She goddess of fire, war, fertility, and healing. The healing part's interesting because you don't hear a lot about the healing in the stories you get with Sekhmet. Uh, it is interesting, though, that that a lot of, you know, Dan and I both, you know, we've left religion, but I think we both still find it fascinating. And, sure. and certainly mythology. It's interesting how often one god embodies both ends of a thing. Yeah. You know, birth and death. Yes. War and, and fertility, et cetera, et cetera. It is very. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Especially when you have multiple gods, each one can have a job. Yeah, right. Right. So why yeah. give... Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can just invent another one. Yeah. You've got one for for war. Yeah. Invent another one for fertility. Right. Why does the same one have to moonlight? Yeah. Well, it's a there bunch you go. of bullshit. It was pre-union days. Go on. <laughs> I belong to deity local number two seven nine. I think the Egyptian the Egyptians might be deity local number one, but mm. they're pretty early on. So Segmet appeared. Here's the thing. Uh, Ra was the creator of all of the everything. The, the sun and the earth and the people and all, just all the things. Yeah. Uh, at one point, this is my favorite segment story. At one point, segment was sent with. So raw. And there are different versions of this story. Mm-hmm. I'll give you just one of, of the virgi- versions. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you want to quibble with me, go ahead. Go on. <clears throat> raw decides that everybody's being shitty. All of the humans that he created are being kind of shitty. Hmm. So he's going to kill them all. Mm. Or he's going to kill a bunch of them. This this comes up often in religious in, texts. Yeah, exactly. Everybody you, has to die. Now, come on. There's there's no way that the Christian God could be like that, right? Mm. I don't know. Mm. Here's what, So he sends down Sekhmet, or sometimes uh, he sends down another goddess. Anyway, Sekhmet is going crazy. Mm. She is, like, I think bloodthirsty is literally a, a Sekhmet trademark. She was drinking the blood. She was. She was slaughtering everybody. Ooh. And that's when Ra went, oh, shit, she's actually killing everybody. Oh, she was coloring outside the lines. All of the everybody's. There's not going to be any more humans. Oh. So Ra, like, 
Apparently, he tries to stop her just by saying, uh, kiddo, maybe a little less honey, on, on the murdering. Honey, but he's a typical like helicopter parent. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. She yeah. is just going nutty. So his solution, which maybe it's brilliant, mm. is to take beer and color it red. And then uh, she thinks it's blood and she just <laughs> drinks it down oh. uh, and gets so drunk that she then sort of passes out. All right, so I think... And stops killing all of the people. Cutting to the chase, what you're saying here is beer is pretty much always the answer. Beer? Since the ancient Egyptian times, beer is the answer. It's going to cure what ails you. And I think, uh, I think our Water Witch boys at the end are going are gonna to be able to... Let's to see what they have to say about confirm that. Confirm that. But yep. anyway... Uh, so, she, so she she got intoxicated... On, and, then, and then, yeah, passed out... On blood beer. Or cheer... cheer, cheer chilled that was the word i was looking for right it was not coming out chilled out enough that like she was like oh i guess i don't have to kill all of the rest of the people mm. i'll be okay and uh and then uh and then she she was fine and we as a species survived jesus uh so that's nice that we're still here yeah <clears throat> worshipers of sekhmet uh you know the each of the egyptian gods had their own cults mm-hmm. that, you know with their own uh with their own rituals and, and priestesses and priests and whatever. The the Sekhmet cult was interesting. They were so afraid of her <laughs> that, like, you know, they, usually you put up a, a, a statue or an image of your god and, mm. you know, pray to it or whatever. They had one for every day of the year. They had 365 Sekhmet statues so that they could, like, worship a different one because... They just needed this bitch to be happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, were they all exactly the same? Or? No, no, I think they were different. Wow. But all had a sort of lioness face on it. And uh, See, I, th- I, I think this is the, the, the local sculptor's union. Mm. You know? O- overplaying their hand, but successfully. Yeah, yeah. They definitely, they, somebody, they had one really good sales guy. Yeah. Who was like, wait, you've only got two of these? You're never going to believe what I just did. This woman, <laughs> no. Wait, you guys are sec mad, right? Yeah, you're going to need one for every day. So so what it, would they like pour? It was beer like the thing? Oh, would they pour beer on her? Or? Let me tell you something. You get drunk. If you're worshiping Set- Sekhmet, mm. you get drunk. It is That is the preferred oh. m- uh, methodology to the point where there was, a, there was a, a palace found at Luxor, an ancient palace, mm-hmm. that had what they called... An intoxication porch. <laughs> just, just because, you know what? Is it for Sekhmet? It's, so it was yeah. a set for the Sekhmet. It uh, is not enough to just, you know, a little sippy sip here and there. That's not what we're going for when you're when it's Sekhmet. You you worship Sekhmet by getting just shit hammered. You go hard. You go hard. Nice. So on her day, uh, there's wow. a, there's a day like that they would celebrate her, and literally everybody would. I mean. And who doesn't want to be a part of this celebration? You know, there's, there's, you know, each of these gods has their big day of celebration. Yeah, you want to go to the segment one because every because it's just like get plowed. So what what attribute of this porch made them understand it was an intoxication porch? I have no idea. <laughs> just a bunch of have, oh, 
Maybe they're just making it up. Bunch of cans, or maybe yeah, it was it's like ancient beer cans. It was that would be awesome—an ancient well, aluminum beer can. It wasn't like around. a tilted porch for fluids. Yeah, it does seem like maybe there was a maybe there were some taps in the wall, drainage, and drains everywhere yeah. for for various and sundry. You know, I have I any Australian listeners might know this. I, an Australian friend of mine told me that when uh, what's the what's the state that Sydney's in? Is it New Queensland or? South New South Wales, South Kidney, or something. Is that a thing? Yeah. Did I just say a thing? I think it's, not, I I think it's New, <laughs> New South Wales. I have no idea. So I guess it, it one attempt to control uh, booze consumption was uh-huh. they uh, they made drinking only legal from like five to seven. Oh, in the afternoon. So uh, there was this thing called the the I think it was the six o'clock swill, where the guys would run from the factories to the bars. And start pounding beers as fast as they could, but sounds healthy. the The bar front was uh-huh. also a urinal. Oh, good! So it would, they would just stand there and drink so and piss. Pull, pull out their wieners and then start drinking. Yeah, and then whatever pours out pours out. Yeah, isn't that just, nice? Just goes straight through. That sounds like a nice afternoon at the, the bar with the boys. Every, so. I, who who wouldn't want that? So maybe that's what the the intoxication porch was. was I feel like you're just slandering the sec down, down under now. Oh I mean, no I, no no! I feel like you've just made something up to make I wouldn't, to make Aussies look bad. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> Everything they have is poisonous. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> right, and punchy. They they seem to be very punchy. Yeah, even their animals box. Yeah, they're very punch forward. <laughs> but they seem like nice people. And there you go. So uh, Sekhmet, uh, let's let's bury her back in the uh, in the graveyard of the gods. Sekhmet, and 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 remember, folks and friends, that. Um, People used to believe in Sekhmet as fervently as your friends and neighbors may believe, say in Jesus. Yeah. But she's just another one of thousands of gods that may now rest in pieces. Moving on. Moving on. Well, look at that, Dad. Yeah, there you go. The little little fun we're having over there on the other show. So uh, come on over and check it out. Mm-hmm. Howtoheretic.com uh, is our website. You can find us on iTunes or you know whatever pod blaster you're particularly fond of uh hopefully by now and uh yeah just come check us out see what you think yeah do that all right well if anybody has anything to say about anything they've heard of today on this show on this particular show yeah don't if if there's something that you heard in that little clip don't tell me about it. Right, yeah, right. That, you can write into the other show about that. But for the rest of the show, write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message, 424-666-8442 is the number to call. Yep, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Request to join. It's a closed group. But that's not a reason to not No, it's closed for a reason. It's good. It's closed so that you don't have to admit to anybody else that you're atheist, but you can come in and and become part of a a grand and lovely community. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of Facebook, thanks to Mackenzie for all her hard work on our page, and thanks to Sarah, Danny, and Amy for their uh, lovely work moderating the Members Only Lounge. And speaking of music... Let's thank the Red Rock Hot Club and Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. Yes, and thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We are so grateful that you did. Bye. Bye.